Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Kings. First Kings chapter 19. And I believe today what we're going to talk about will be foundational. We want to be a house of prayer. I want to be a man of prayer. I want to learn to get in God's presence and hear from him, which I think is the key to success in life. And uh, so take notes today and learn. And I want to say we are going on an adventure. Everyone say adventure. You want to go on an adventure? It's the adventure of pursuing knowing the Father. And uh, it's the greatest adventure ever. Now, Anthony's already mentioned it, but I just want to say 40 days of prayer using this tremendous booklet is a great tool. The, the groups I'm with enjoy using it. Men's groups enjoy using it. If you want to teach your children to pray, if you want to pray with your grandchildren, do this with your spouse every day. We're praying for the nations of the world. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for the next generation. It's a simple tool, but will change your life. Now, Midweek Boost starts when? This coming Wednesday. Right in this room, uh, about 10 minutes of worship, 10 minutes of teaching, then we break up into groups, and uh, we're going to discuss the passages that talk about hearing the voice of the Lord. We've all heard the voice of the Lord, but we can all grow from each other, so it's 12 weeks. You can just come, and I think it'll be tremendous. We'd love to have you join us. And again, you need fellowship. You've been stuck at your house. You're just craving to have some good, clean, safe time. Come out and join us. Now, Mark Batterson, how many have heard of Mark? Hold your hand up. He's written a lot of books on prayers. He is a gifted pastor in Washington, D.C., and he says this. Nothing has the potential to change your life more than the whisper of God. He goes on to say, and nothing will determine your destiny more than your ability because it is a learned ability to hear his still small voice. If you ask most Christians, what is the Lord saying to you? And they go, what? talking to me, I go, he's your father. And fathers talk to their children. Now go with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're going to look at a powerful encounter that the prophet Elijah had with the one true God. Okay. Got your Bibles? Hold them up. I want to see him. Got your Bibles today? Okay. Perfect. Now Ahab told Jezebel, his wife, that Elijah, what he had done, how he had killed all the prophets, the false prophets of Baal with the sword. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and even more if I do not make your life as the life of one of those that were killed by tomorrow at this time. So Elijah was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life. He came to Beersheba. Everyone say Beersheba. Beersheba. 
which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. And he said, I'm tired. I'm done. I'm going to quit. It's enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So he lay down and slept under that juniper tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time, touched him, and said, Get up, eat, because the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food. How long? Boy, that was a good breakfast. Forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, We see early on verses 1 and 2. Because of the havoc the prophet of God had wrecked in the false gods of the northern kingdom, Jezebel had a messenger come to him and say, "Uh, tomorrow you're dead. And he took the threat very, very serious. And uh, this message is appropriate for what a lot of us have been through over the last year. Have we been through a challenging year? Yes or no? Well, Elijah was drained because of the protracted effort and the place he was put into on a national scale that was cataclysmic, and it happened right here. Now, you see the mountain in the foreground. That is called Mount Carmel or Carmel. It's a big mountain. It may be 10 miles long and three miles uh, wide. I've been there three, four, five times. And it's where he had the national showdown. This is not just a church event. There could have been 100,000 people, dignitaries, soldiers, all on top of that hill. By the way, that's the Jezreel Valley in the background. See it? On the other side of the valley is Nazareth, where Jesus was raised. That valley is where King Ahab had his palace and where he stole that vineyard from. And it's in that valley where the armies of the north will one day come and invade Israel, right down that valley. Now, Elijah was spent. Do you know what it means to be spent? Absolutely worn out, tired, nothing left. And I have learned to monitor myself when I'm spent, no more energy. I don't need to talk to people. I don't need to do anything because I've got nothing left to give. So he was spent, afraid, and discouraged. Now, not only was he discouraged, but it'll go to depression. Then it'll go to despondency. And so he ran. He just left. Went to Beersheba. This is the ancient hill or tell where Bathsheba was for thousands of years. That's where 
Abraham was, a lot of things in the Old Testament. Genesis happened right there in Beersheba. And the scripture says it's the southernmost city in Judah, one of the 12 tribes. And if you look at the map, do you see Beersheba right there in the center? Underneath Beersheba, you see something else. What is it? The desert. You see the Negev. So you go to the last city in the country. Then he went a day's journey further south. And I just want to ask you, as we go through this passage, I want you to see yourself in the story. Are you running from something? Are you avoiding something? By the way, human nature is to run. Human nature is to avoid. Human nature is to cover up and hide. And human nature is to get angry. And Elijah is all these. So I want you to see yourself in the story as the Holy Spirit ministers to you. I want you to respond to him. Whatever he puts his finger on, I want you to respond. Now, part of this deal is things have not turned out for Elijah the way he thought they should. He thought once these false prophets were were eliminated, there'd be national revival. The people would turn back to worshiping the one true God. It didn't happen. And that's called expectations. And uh, let me tell you what I figured out. It's been a long time to figure this out. Life never turns out the way you think it will. Is that true or false? never does. Follow the Lord. It can turn out better. Now we've been through a year. We've been through a season where things maybe have not turned out the way you expected them. And those are called expectations. Expectations can really cause you to get sour. You know why? You get married and you expect your husband to do certain things, and your husband never gets around to doing those things, saying those things, taking care of those things, and a wife's expectations are here, calls her to get sour and angry and pull away. It's the same way with your adult daughter who may be 20, and you have these expectations that when she gets a certain age, she's going to do certain things where you cannot control your adult daughter. There's a lot of things in our country we cannot control. So, not only was Elijah quitting the service of God, he didn't even want to live anymore. He said, Lord, take my life. I don't even want to do this anymore. And here's another question to ask. Is it possible that mature people who love Jesus... Godly people that have walked with him for decades, people of tremendous character, people that have great faith can find themselves in a dark place. Would that be yes or no? Absolutely yes. So Elijah is in a very dark place. Now, here is your pastor's counsel. Make a commitment that you will never make decisions about anything when you're not in a good place. 
Because if you make decisions when you're in a bad place, you will always make a bad decision. One, people don't want to make decisions about anything. And then they wait till everything's falling apart. Then they make absolutely the worst decision, which makes it fall apart even quicker. Someone say, amen. We have to protect ourselves. What happens when the mind gets depleted and the body is weary and the heart is broken, and discouragement has set in, sometimes in my life I have found there's only one remedy. There's sometimes I can't even pray, I'm so spent. There's sometimes I'm so done, I can't even read the Bible. Here, believe it or not, is some of the most spiritual things you can do. You need to rest. You need to sleep and don't feel guilty about it. Now, if you sleep all the time, you are running. (laughs) Someone say, amen, turn to your neighbor. You sleep all the time, you are running. But I have found when I'm, I don't get down very much, but when I am depleted, I need to do one thing. I need to cut off the problems and I need to sleep. I need to rest. If Jesus did this in the middle of a storm, it's okay for you to do it too. Plus, have a really good taco. (laughs) That angel fixed him some hot food. I personally believe that the angel was from Houston and was of Hispanic descent, and it was awesome. (laughs) I believe Elijah liked tacos, and your pastor likes tacos. Tacos are good. Someone say amen. Don't leave the church right now and run to Taco Bell. Do not do that. Well, how good was it? It lasted in 40 days. That's a really good taco and it was free. Now notice he went from the desert south of Beersheba, 250 miles to the tip of the Sinai Peninsula. If you look, look there on the map, that probably took two weeks of hard walking and hot weather. He had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to be alone. It was purposeful. So he gets there and he finds a cave to stay in. You can't just stay in the hot sun. He finds a cave. And when he gets in the cave, he gets settled down. It could have been a week later. And the voice of the Lord came to him and said something really unusual. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah, Now, God asks questions, not because he doesn't have the answer. Well, gee, I didn't know where he was. He went down there. Look, look, Michael, look, Gabriel, there's Elijah down in the cave. What are you doing here? Fancy to meet you here. Great. Let's talk sometime. Let's go swimming. No, he asks questions for your benefit. Has the Lord ever asked you questions? Steve, what do you think about that? Steve, did you see that? Steve, do you care about those kids in that neighborhood? I think he asked a lot of questions if you're willing to take his question. And this is something else I've discovered. Sometimes we have to get away from our circumstance 
in order to hear God's perspective on the circumstance. I found this to be particularly helpful in my life. I go several times a year to a Methodist camp 80 miles from here in eastern Kentucky, and I hang out in a cabin for one day, two days, some days, three days, no cell phone, take my Bible, legal pad, maybe take another book, sit in a rocking chair, build a fire, hike in the woods, because I'm there to meet God. Uh, Last week, the camp, I tried two camps. They would not let me come because of this crazy COVID stuff. So I found a place that had a hotel room, and I rented a hotel room for 48 hours to do the same thing. Rest, pray, listen, think, write down the things that he showed me. And every time I clear my schedule, every time I cut off my cell phone, every time I refuse to look at emails, I get in a quiet place where I can hear. Now, six or seven years ago, I was at this Methodist camp. I was by a campfire in January out in the cold, I was dressed warm. I was hanging out with the Lord and I felt the whisper, everyone say whisper, of the Holy Spirit. And he said this, he said, Steve, solitude fuels passion and gives clarity. I wrote it down. Then he went on to say, but Steve, busyness kills both of them. So if you don't have clarity, you know what you should do. If you lost your passion, this is what you should do. You need to get alone with the one that loves you the most and worship, read, pray, and listen. Now, the presence of the Lord, if you go on and read chapter 19, passed in a manifest way in front of the cave. That's what the scripture said. And three things happened right after that. Boom, 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 boom. One, a huge wind was stirred up in such a way it broke boulders, maybe the size of this stage, and tossed them like leaves. That got his attention. And then an earthquake shook the entire Mountain range. Then an inferno exploded out of nowhere and caused the prophet to run back into the interior of the cave. And the odd thing about it is, the scripture says three different times, this is odd, The Lord was not in either one of them. What does that mean? The Lord didn't speak. The Lord just demonstrated. Now, I don't know everything about this passage, but I've thought about it. Well, why did this happen? The earthquake, the the huge wind, the the, the fire. Why, Why did this happen? Well, 
I kind of think it may have played out this way. It was a message to the prophet who needed this. The message was, son, everything on this mountain obeys me. All I have to do is speak. And these things happen. These are called object lessons. Everyone say object lessons. Matter of fact, you may want to write in the margin, Lord, have you given me an object lesson that I am not seeing? By the way, 2020, I believe, was a huge object lesson. Not for the Republicans or the Democrats, but for the people that love Jesus. And I think the message was, okay, so you're going to quit. You're not even going to give me a two-week notice. You're just out. You're just done. You're just, you've got it up to here. You're done risking your life. You're done serving people. You're done sticking out your neck. And you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And maybe that's you today. And he kind of said to the mortal, it's okay. I've just shown you I can pick up a rock and take care of my business. I can use anything to take care of my purposes. And by the way, Elijah, I can even find somebody else that might even do this job better than you. It's humbling when you learn you are not indispensable. And that's a good thing. You go to Asbury Seminary down in the middle of Wilmore, there's a statue of this guy, Charles Wesley, a preacher and a tremendous songwriter, wrote maybe 2,000 hymns and songs. But he said this, part of this great Wesleyan revival we've been a part of for 40 years, I've learned something. God buries his workmen, but keeps his work going. So, is the Holy One trying to get your attention? Some of you guys watching on the web today, is the Holy One speaking to you? Pay attention. Because the whisper that we're going to read next in the passage is what actually settles the whole deal. And I have discovered that the voice of God settles everything. You tell me what you think about this. That's all I need to know. Show me what I need to do, whether I understand it or not. That's all I need to know. The English Standard Version calls uh, calls this a low whisper. New American Standard calls it a gentle blowing. Why a gentle blowing? Watch, it's like the whisper. Of the voice of God. King James says, a still, small voice that if you're not paying attention, you will miss it. 
I believe the Father's voice is the loudest when we are the most quiet. A lot of us have to have noise all the time. And you probably won't hear his voice very well. Now, after the three object lessons, the presence of the Lord came, the still small voice spoke, and the distressed prophet heard the voice. The whisper is gentle, but it is all so powerful. The Hebrew word for whisper can be interpreted silence, stillness, or calm. Now, every morning, I attempt to read the scriptures and spend a set amount of time with the Lord in prayer. I enjoy doing that because I'm looking for whatever he wants to say. Even if he doesn't say anything, it's okay. My job is to worship. My job is to be in his presence. And you say, well, Steve, do you hear God's whisper every day? Uh, probably in little things and big things, if I'm paying attention. By the way, I keep cards in my pocket because he's not required to speak to me twice. Saturday, this was a learning experience. I prayed more in the middle of the day instead of the early part of the day. And to be honest with you, if I'm honest, I think it maybe helps you more. Uh, I was so beat up by the time I went to prayer. My time in the scriptures was minimal. So I didn't get my mind renewed. But I was so beat up by the time I went to prayer, went for a prayer drive, had coffee, had worship music. But I was so stressed by about 10 projects. I had about five people's lives falling apart. I was concerned about things in my own life and I never could find the still place emotionally. I could not find the calm place. And it was effective and I enjoyed the Lord's presence, but I did not have the connection because I was so stressed. You know what I'm talking about? I try to avoid that by managing my prayer time. Now, the dictionary has a great picture of whisper. It says this. Whisper technically is speaking softly by using your breath and not your vocal cords. Why, Steve? Well, I'll tell you why. There's no form of communication on the face of the earth more intimate than the whisper. This is the most important thing I'll say today. Pay attention. I'm not smart enough to figure this out. Because when someone is whispering to you, you have to lean in to hear them. 
You have to draw close to get what they're saying. And it is the picture in scripture of what the father wants to communicate. You can learn to do this. The big problem, what's the big problem? Here's the big problem I have, big problem you have. That is, if you're not interested in hearing everything he says and you have selective hearing, the issue is eventually you won't hear anything from him. Because you got your hands over your ears, spiritual ears, or somebody else's hands have their hands over your spiritual ears, or you have just been spiritually deaf for so long, you're not even interested. You don't even get any of this. Now, this is not in your notes. You may want to write some of this down in your margin. I believe God speaks to you and I far more than we would ever believe. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And the Lord is a good father. Someone say amen. More time. The Lord is a good father and he is a great shepherd. Say amen. So if that's true, he's going to speak to his sons and daughters and he's going to lead you into truth. He's going to guide you. But if you're a sheep or a son and you don't want to pay attention... He is not going to waste his breath. And you'll go through your entire life and seldom, rarely hear God's voice when you could hear it every day. Now, one day I was on a prayer walk. I've done prayer walks for decades. And I was prompted by a little whisper to my heart. And by the way, when the Lord speaks to me, he doesn't speak to my ears because if I heard him audibly, it would mess me up and I would get so afraid or so arrogant, I would be disqualified. So he is a spirit. He speaks to my spirit, my inner person, okay? And this is what I got. Ask so-and-so to reach out to another person. It seemed awesome. I never thought about this. These two people were strangers. I wrote it down and kept on. But that night, I called the first person and said, would you please do me a favor? This is a new person. Would you reach out to them? And he just said, I will do it. And what has happened is a friendship that's thicker than brothers for eight or nine or ten years. And I thought if I would have just said, well, that's just me, these two men would have never become family. And Jesus would never have been exalted in their relationship. So the more you read the Bible, a couple weeks ago, I urged you all, read through the scriptures every single year so you can learn to hear his voice in the scriptures. The more time you spend in prayer the more time you will hear the whisper of his voice. Now, if you want to hear his comforting voice, 
You have to be willing to hear his convicting voice too. And sometimes I've discovered what I want to hear least is what I need to hear most. Now, the Lord asked Elijah the very same question. Why? Because he didn't get it the first time. Son, what are you doing here? Well, I, he didn't, doesn't say it in the scripture, but it was kind of like, well, I ain't doing nothing, and I don't want to do nothing, and I'm mad, and I'm going to eat worms. <laughs> what Elijah has going on is two problems. One, he's into self-pity. How many have been into self-pity? You've been into self-pity? I can get into that party in a heartbeat. And the other one is proud, prideful. Lord, I'm the only one that's faithful. Lord, wish they would get what I get. Wish they would understand it. Or, Lord, why am I being so neglected or mistreated or passed over or whatever? And he goes on to say, I've been zealous for you. That's good, Elijah. And everybody else has walked away. Not true, Elijah, but it kind of seems like that. I'm the only one that's faithful to you. Oh, you're the guy that just quit a while ago, right? I'm the only one that you can count on. Oh, really? By the way, they're trying to also kill me. The Lord said, actually, I have 7,000 committed people that love me. So that's not true. Now, I shared with you about six weeks ago how I went through a hard time because of everything going on. I'd lost people that I loved, funerals, stress, COVID, all kind of stuff. What happens is voices start speaking to your ear. You know what I'm talking about? And when these voices start speaking to your ear, it's demonic voices. It could be people, but it's demonic voices. And then you start agreeing with it. It's not worth it. I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up. I'm not going to risk anymore. It just doesn't pay off. What happens, nothing good comes out of that. And Elijah had just forgotten everything God had done in him and through him. Well, like what, Steve? Well, kind of like this. And I'm glad he's a man just like us, James points out. He forgot. Sometimes I forget. Things like this. Son, don't you remember three years ago under my direction, you prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years until I told you to pray again. Remember that? It happened. And son, you remember under my direction, you called the entire nation, 100, 250,000 people together on that mountaintop for a showdown about who was the one true God, Baal or me. Don't you remember that? You were the point guy. You stood alone. Nobody else was with you. And you did what I asked you to do. And, and don't you remember, son, I told you to call down fire now to prove I was the one true God and you did it in faith and it happened and burned up the offering, the stones, and everything. 
You did that because I told you to do it. And then you took care of those 900 wicked people that were destroying my people. You did it because I told you to do it. And you even got on top of that mountain after all of this and got down on your knees and prayed for rain. And rain came. I just want you to know, I'm not throwing Elijah under the bus. This is a hero. This is a man of faith. All this stuff happened in about one week. The deal was, he got focused on the wrong stuff and he let things bother him that he shouldn't have let bother him. And he forgot the power of God. Now the story's not over. The important part is coming next in your life, in Elijah's life, what? It's the big picture. It's the assignment. Well, what assignment? He wanted Elijah, a man of God, to stop moaning, stop complaining, stop comparing what other people were doing, to forget the past, and to accept the challenge of the future. Someone say, amen. That's what we all need to do. And he was called back into service because he had a mission to prepare others for the future. I wouldn't guess that may be your mission too, to prepare others for what's coming up, the future. So don't quit. Don't go to the bench. Don't go to the showers. Don't get in the stands. Don't leave the stadium. Get back on the field and do what the Lord asks you to do because what was in the next assignment, I've read this and I never saw the connection. I've read this 50 times and I never saw the connection. What's a connection? There were three, not two, not four, three strategic young leaders. One of them was a nobody. Two of them were seconds in command with no place to go. And Elijah was told to go anoint two men who would become kings. And these are rough guys. These are bad guys. One is Haziel, who would be king over Syria. The other one was Yahu or Jehu, who would be the king over the northern kingdom because they had a role to play. And God's ultimate plan, go and anoint these young men. And the third one, was a guy who was plowing the field 
with his father's oxen and his name is what? Elisha. And Elisha's words and Elisha's miracles, this kid that came out of nowhere would be twice as effective as Elijah's. Now, worship team, would you guys get ready and come on up? The most important time is now, coming up. As a church, and you, and me, we have a marvelous adventure coming up this winter, this spring. I think God's going to do some awesome stuff. What is it, Steve? I want to be better at hearing the whisper. I'd rather not do anything without the whisper. One day, I was on a prayer walk, and I'm thinking about a particular family that I loved and cared about, but they were in a hard place. The whisper said this. I didn't even know what it meant. Call so-and-so. And start this ministry. That's been about 10 years ago. The ministry is still going. And the ministry has touched a lot of lives, including that family. The whisper. As a testimony, I would say everything that has worked in this little church family has been because of one reason. It was a whisper before it ever happened. And we'll also be honest enough to say every failure that I've experienced has been because I didn't wait for the whisper or others didn't wait for the whisper. It was just a good idea. Now see, as followers of Christ... We just don't need another good idea. They're everywhere. And everybody has them. And everybody thinks your idea is the best idea. And it may be a great idea. But instead of good ideas, what we want to do is listen for God ideas. The only way to get that is the whisper. The still small voice that you can hear that you need to wait for that the Father wants to whisper to your spirit. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the story, the true stories of real people like Elijah and his nationwide impact. Father, People watching online and people in this audience all have a calling. They're here as your children for a purpose. Give us a hunger for prayer and a hunger for the whisper. Now, Lord, for people that are watching or 
here that have never given their heart to Christ, right where they are, I would just invite you to pray this honest prayer because you feel the whisper in your heart that you need to get right. Pray with me right where you are and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart today and be my Savior and Lord. I give you everything, everything. I give you my life. Change me from the inside out because I'm your child and make me your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. During this last song, if you felt like the Lord has spoken to you during the service, you can come and dialogue with him at the altar. There's people who will pray with you in agreement on the sides. Or you may just want to sit where you are and write down what you feel like he wants you to do.
Father, we're so grateful that you are good and merciful and compassionate and holy and passionate and jealous about us. Draw us into your presence, every one of us, bit by bit, so we can know you and love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us at Church of the Savior Online today. We hope you are encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.